ERP is a staple of many businesses in Asia, particularly mid to large enterprises. There's also a number of successful local ERP brands that have built their reputation around localization and customization. Now, the advent of the cloud didn't necessarily accelerate the shift to cloud for ERP until recently as businesses got accustomed to SaaS solutions and also thank you COVID-19. With us today is Sampat Kumar, Senior Research Manager at IDC to talk about the why of cloud ERP and hopefully some trends and tips as well. Sampat, thank you for joining me on Podchats for Future CIO. My pleasure, Alan. Let's start off. What is the biggest reason why businesses are moving their ERP to the cloud? Uh, just before even we get to that question, let me give you a brief about what we typically consider ERPs as. Uh, manufacturing ERP systems, they incorporate operational modules such as uh, order management, finance, procurement, enterprise asset management, production, supply chain. And the idea over here is to maximize your operational efficiencies. Now, when we look at technologies such as IoT, data analytics, and AI, they all become an integral part of these systems to make sure that they get the required amount of productivity on the shop floor, both on the shop floor and down the uh, and in the downstream as well. And when we actually look at some of the key reasons as to why manufacturers would like to go online, I'll give you a few stats too before we get started on that. According to our Manufacturing Insights Survey, 60% of the Asia-Pacific organizations are using public cloud-based SaaS applications currently. And the focus is on integration. And integration is a key word out here when we talk about data process and also the technologies that span across your industry, across your value chain as well. The idea over here is to analyze your ecosystem data and to improve your business resilience. The other major aspect, most of the organizations consider your ERP vendors as your key transformers when it comes to your digital transformation journey. And that's one of the reasons why they look up for ERPs as a means to get to the next level of growth and transformation exercises. And the third one that you would actually think about, especially if you're a manufacturer, operating in such a competitive market and a horizon is to ensure that your overall equipment effectiveness which uh, most of them are aware of uh, call it as OEE and uh, inventory returns first pass yield are some of the key metrics that they track a typical ERP and a cloud-based ERP would actually make sure that these integrations are very well aligned to start with and as you go about tracking these metrics and it is not just at an organization level you do it at a facility level and over a period of time you do it at multi-facility level which spans across the continent and just to bring this aspect into play, most of the organizations would actually refer or actually pivot to a solution which spans across your enterprise resource planning, which we call it as ERP. And the idea over here is to integrate all the functional attributes and the processes across your value chain. And that is one of the core reasons why they would actually want to go for something like this. Now, what's the single biggest benefit, though, assuming that it's different from the biggest reason for moving ERP to the cloud? The biggest benefit that they get is definitely the visibility. The data metrics would be far more visible. Organizations would be able to pivot to a data-driven decision-making. And that is based on our conversations with the manufacturers in the region. They have made it very clear. They do track data, but they can't do anything beyond it. The analysis part is amiss. And that is one of the reasons why they believe that in ERP, we're able to help them get that benefit. The pivoting to a data-driven decision-making and maybe furthermore, coming up with this innovative business, business modes 
and business environments would be one of the other outcomes that they believe going for a cloud-based ERP might provide them. And the third part, when you talk about the agility, the flexibilities and the operational resilience, that's going to be the key aspect of it. And IDC defines as uh, operational resilience is a combination of your flexibility and visibility. In other words, agility plus visibility is operational resilience. Now, when you try to look at the number of operations and the complexities that are involved in a typical manufacturing environment, it is immense. I mean, no, no other vertical comes close to manufacturing in that aspect, be it oil and gas or utilities or retail healthcare. Manufacturing is such a diverse and a complicated environment that the idea of operation resilience needs to be pitched right from the foundation layers. And that's where the whole aspect of an ERP is going to help in terms of providing the required benefits. So imagine this, when you look at uh, the complete value chain, uh, what I consider as the butterfly effect, right? When you have a small disruption at your tier four supplier, it kind of migrates or it actually sends out ripples across your value chain and your tier three, tier two, tier one, and ultimately your manufacturer gets affected because they don't get the material in time. And that is what a typical ERP would aid in trying to integrate. So ERP by itself would able to integrate with your supplier relationship management tools, SRM tools, and then your inventory management tools, your logistics or transportation management tools to make sure that it gets a required data to the planners, the supervisors on the shop floor so that they can actually plan better or at least get additional time to make sure they don't get hit by this. So this is what a typical ERP is expected to do. The integration with the multiple facets of your manufacturing is what gets enabled through this. We're starting to hear companies rather than move to the cloud en masse, I mean, upgrade to a totally new platform, say as for HANA, they're doing the lift and ship. What would be the reason why an organization would opt for a lift and ship as opposed to a full cloud ERP deployment? So uh, it all depends on the kind of organization it is and the kind of product base that it has. So if you look at a typical fleet management company or with a company which has a pretty large investment in their fleet, they have highly customized operations. And these operations and these modules would be very difficult to start off from the scratch. What they would like to do is they want to containerize this and convert them into smaller ones, containerized applications, and then lift the whole thing and place it on an IaaS mode. Just to make sure that they don't really need to change each and every integration and the APIs that are associated between two functional applications or multiple functional applications they are working with. The amount of effort that it takes to build it right from bottoms up, I mean right from scratch, is going to be extremely tough for companies which have been investing on these applications for uh, ages. And this is one of the aspects that we have seen more and more companies uh, which have been in the, in the business for a long time choose to go for a lift and shift approach or options around it which are close to it so that it can reduce your product development time and maybe the future kinks and issues that might crop up because of building it. So anytime you do a product development or build from scratch approach, you'll find a lot of bugs. It needs to go through a lot of validation cycles and ensure that your production, your pilots and the productions give you the same results. Now that is going to be avoided if you have a lift and shift kind of a, a deployment. What remains a challenge for organizations that are actually going through this uh, move to the cloud? So one of the major challenges that they have to look for is, I mean, going to a cloud is more about the culture management and how the organization's internal stakeholders look at it. We have seen that most of the CXOs and the top level management are all pro cloud. But it, when it comes to some of the middle management, they have a tough time trying to get around it. Now, it can be a two prong. I mean, it, it can be uh, the other way around also. But the problem over here is some of the manufacturers are not completely comfortable with 
hosting all their IPs or sensitive data on the cloud. The obvious reason could be in terms of the connectivity issues that they might have, especially in, in a very fast moving uh, environment where they would like to have the data on a regular basis with least amount of latency. If there's a connectivity issue or if they are not very sure about the connectivity between their facilities and the cloud environment that they would like to work with, they would obviously not choose it. And that is going to be one of the major reasons and which impacts your culture readiness also. And the second bit is on the domain expertise as to whether they would find the right people and the right set of companies who can take them through. Now you have the cloud vendors, the cloud actual ISVs who provide the cloud platform and the cloud solutions. But then there is this big group uh, which is the system integrators and the service providers who are actually the ETL layer which is the middleware layer between the manufacturer and the solution provider. Quite often we see that uh, there is this lack of information or expertise on this layer which limits their confidence on the solution. Also the other major factor which uh, we saw during our marketscape and the assessment was localization. Language support, accounting practices and choosing which support these applications within this region is a pretty big factor which can make or break a deployment approach. The same goes for the customer support or a regional base that a vendor would like to have. For example, most of the leaders that we had in our marketscape had a very strong presence in the region, be it in terms of customer support or product development phase or a, a value-added reseller base. They all had a pretty strong presence in the region, which kind of showed up in the ratings also because they were on the top of the whole bunch. And manufacturers kind of look for these uh, options when they try to look for cloud-based players. Also, the pricing and costing is also another aspect which came up during our analysis. Not all manufacturers would be in the same revenue base or would have the same revenue base to start with. So the number of transactions and the number of SKUs that they work with would be quite different, which means that the amount that they can spend or shell out for a typical license can vary a bit. They can't go for a large player or a large license uh, option and not use most of the suite applications. So they look for some amount of flexibility and the number of modules that can be provided to them based on the usage requirements. So that is another area that came up. The last, which is very important, is on uh, having a clear use case and the areas that would like to migrate. You need a proper handholding, both from your system integrators and your solution providers, ISVs, just to make sure that you are on the right path. The outside-in approach, that is extremely important, primarily to understand where you stand in terms of the maturity, both on the process side and the technology side. You cannot expect to run at uh, 100 miles per hour immediately as soon as you get on board or get onto a cloud platform. There are lots of other small modules which need to be migrated also. And quite often, when you look at some of the leading SaaS-based cloud ERP providers, they don't have all modules on cloud yet. I mean, they may have about 80% of them, but there are still some modules which could be on-premise. So your multi-cloud hybrid architecture should also be taken in account whenever you talk about uh, cloud deployment. So these are the reasons which I think could actually be the uh, main causes which can uh, make or break a cloud deployment journey. Sounds a lot more complicated than it is. Yeah, it is, it is. Now, specific to uh, SAP S4 HANA, what do you see are attractions for migrating and what's holding back customers who are typically large enterprises from moving to S4 HANA? 
So some of the large players which are already there on um, an alternate cloud architecture, I mean, uh, I don't want to name any uh, specific players here, but mm -hmm. the migration and the switching cost could be quite high. And that could be one of the reasons why it could limit them. But the other aspect that you need to look at is most of the manufacturers who are looking at cloud are not looking only for a specific application. They may al already be invested on a hyperscaler approach. They may be working with some, uh, like AWS or a GCP or Azure platforms, they would like to migrate their workloads to these to make sure that there is some amount of coherence with some of the other applications they're working with. And that could be a reason which can affect their uh, spending appetite or investment appetite towards uh, switching to S4. And also uh, S4 has its own set of strengths, like they have a very strong manufacturing functionality and they have a strong in-memory database, a single in-memory columnar database, which is both for analytics and transactions. And uh, they have a pretty standard architecture and extensive partner ecosystem, which makes it very viable and attractive for organizations to switch. But also there are certain challenges, especially in terms of the cloud portfolio that they have. As I mentioned earlier, there are still some modules which could be completely held on premise and not everything has migrated. Not every module is, is available on the cloud. So that could be an area of concern. But also the other one could be in terms of implementations. SAP is like a behemoth, one of the largest suites, which has almost everything that you want for a manufacturer. But what matters is they need to pick and choose what works best for them and it could be one of those aspects where they get lost in the number of choices and the options they might have so according to me these could be the major reasons which can limit the sap or s4 s4 deployment option on cloud sampath thank you for joining me on podcast for future cio thanks alan it's my pleasure that was sampath kumar venkata swami senior research manager for idc manufacturing insights asia pacific on the topic of why and when to move your erp into the cloud you are listening into podcast for future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.